Greetings, 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 and salutations, my love, you beautiful beings. Thank you for tuning in to Living in Spirit. This is your girl, Zane Spirit. It is a wonderful Monday morning. <laughs> Tons of rain going on over here in Tennessee, which I love because, man, it just is so soothing. So I feel like it's going to be a great day. Some people may look at that as a downer, but I'm enjoying uh, the view from where I'm at. I'm enjoying the sounds. It's so therapeutic, so soothing. I might even do a little ASMR for you guys with some rain later on. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? But every time I feel like I'm in a music video, you know, like looking out the window and then in the back, it's like the quiet storm. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna quit playing with y'all. <laughs> so quite a um quite a big topic tonight. Quite a big topic today, 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 this week. I've been meaning to record this topic for some time and I am just uh super ecstatic about it because a lot of people have misconceptions about uh the topic that we're going to dive into. So Super, super excited for that. But before we get into anything, we're going to do some announcements. So starting with um, number one, check out souldriveglobal.com. That is my brand. That is the hard work, effort, devotion that I relay from spirit and put it into and channel that energy into products. You can book my readings through there. Um, I also have a Patreon now, so you guys can get um, extra skills, videos, content, discussions, uh, retrograde readings, weekly readings, monthly readings, like there's so much uh, in store with the Patreon. So if you guys go to patreon.com slash soul drive global, just type it all in just like that. Um, you will see our tiers. There's three different tiers to choose from. And the start of the month is the best time to do it because it's going to, um, take your first payment out. Then you have a whole month to enjoy the content plus the content that I released last month, which last month was our first month having a Patreon. And I was so excited for the turnout. Um, over 10 patrons, like shout out to that, man. Like y'all are such amazing supporters. And, um, so just, I'm so glad that I can provide some content that you guys enjoy. And if there's anything that you want to see, um, whether it be on the Patreon or through through my services or topics that we discuss on this podcast, I want to hear them. So you can contact us at souldriveglobal at gmail.com. And if you're looking to submit for um, a podcast or if you're looking like a podcast submission on any of our topics or to tell your story or to ask advice questions, because this is also for advice. It's not just discussion here. Um, so you guys can get some spirit led advice as well through um, this podcast. So you can email, just make sure you put podcast submission and you tell me at the end of your story, whether you want to be anonymous or if you want to go by a nickname. And it's that simple. So definitely check it out. Check out the website. My ancestor collection products are up and going. Uh, I've been selling out a lot of spell work lately. Um, and also, so definitely get that while it's in because the Ancestor Collections, it takes me months to cultivate uh, the products and there's a limited availability. So definitely go check that out. Um, get yourself right for the year. <laughs> Just go ahead and do it. Um, as far as 
the spell work, the collective spell work that I have going on for this year. Um, I only have three left. We've done three already. We just did the unconditional love spell this past weekend, which is why I didn't release this podcast um, this weekend. But again, thank you for your patience because that spell was so amazing. It was just full of love, full of abundance. We ended the spell with uh, twin flames inside of the spell work and um, just lots of spirit messages. So if you were on the spell and you missed the spirit messages or if you feel like um, you're attracted to the love spell, definitely go on our page and check out the messages that has uh, been relayed and channeled this past weekend because it may relate to you even if uh, you were not on the spell work. So definitely check out the pages. Um, the next three that I have, I have um, a sp two spiritual cleansing spells. One of them is in April. One of them is in September. And then we also have a prosperity spell in May. So those are $15 each. Go ahead and get on the community spells. They are phenomenal. Tons of reviews on our, on our um, pages on Facebook definitely worthwhile. So get on that while you can. So that is it for the announcements. <laughs> We're going to go into our topic, um, which is, it is BDSM and the sacred portal and womb of life and how they correlate, how you can heal um, through your kinks and also to give a different perspective on kinks for you guys and why we are attracted to certain things in the bedroom and how we can utilize that to heal our trauma and to work through the things that we've been through. So our last topic, we talked about generational trauma. This time we're going to talk about something spicy. Now, before we get into BDSM, we got to cover the womb, the yoni, the sacred portal, the divinity, the goddess that the woman is. And how it all correlates, right? So first and foremost, your yoni, which is your vagina, is a sacred portal. It's your intuition. It's your creativity. You can manifest. You can heal. You can create through this womb, even if you're infertile. Uh, if you're infertile, this means that you have a blockage. If you have any type of cancer, cysts, um, trouble with your periods, if you're off cycle, if you're, um, you know, having irregular bleeding, different things like that. Anytime you're having any pain in your womb is because you have some kind of trauma that is pent up in your womb. And it's very important to speak to your yoni. A lot of people don't know, but massaging that area, even if it's just on the top where your ovaries are, or, you know, just giving a deep tissue massage, just talking to her, it makes a difference. View her as if you were starting a relationship, a different level of relationship with yourself. Nine times out of 10, if you're neglecting your yoni, it's because you don't want to face parts of yourself that are hurting deep down inside. If you're having any issues having sex, this is so important because when we are in unison with someone, when we are being intimate with someone, we are able to do something that is, is called tantric. I'm not going to go into tantric um, per se, not on that level, that it, tantric definitely deserves a whole <laughs> subject by itself. Um, but just worshiping that part of yourself, getting to know her, 
uh, that is where your divinity is going to constantly produce and at very fast rates. That's your direct connection to divine and divine energy. And you embody that divine energy. So when you are worshiping yourself, when you are filling yourself with self-love, when you are looking to understand your own sexual trauma, the traumas that may be running in your family, again, going back to that generational trauma, um, when you are addressing that you may not have the best relationship with your yoni, you are able to work through these things that you probably didn't even know had a big influence on your life, on your everyday life, whether that be pains, whether you feel like you're not good enough as a woman, like working through your confidence, working through your intuition, making sure that you are fluid, free, safe, and connected. All of those things are so important when it comes to your womb. Now, it connects to the sacral chakra. If we want to work with chakras, which is still very important, chakras are energy centers, which we'll go into with another topic. Um, but energy centers, they, there's different energy centers throughout your body, and there's even chakras within the earth. There's chakras above you in other dimensions. Chakras are, <laughs> there's a long list of chakras, but we uh, most importantly reference to seven chakras that we experience on a very intimate level here on earth. And so the sacral chakra is the second chakra above the root. And the sacral chakra is known for your creativity, your sensual sensuality, your sexuality. It's known to be the, the place that harbors your creative energy or your creator energy. If we want to bring it to us being creators. And this is also within the male as well. M men have sacral chakras as well. Um, they don't manifest through the through the womb like that, but they are still tapped into their mother's genes. So if a man is having uh, erectile dysfunctions or things like that, they have pent up energy in their sacral chakra. If they're dealing with any type of disease, same with women, they're, they're dealing with a misalignment in their sacral chakra. And so that's what it is. There's pent up energy and that's the space where a lot of energy tends to stay. If you're having issues with your hips, definitely do some yoga and consciously release any energy that has been um, harboring in those parts of your body. And even men, you can talk to that area and know that you are connected because you were created through the womb. So you're, you're just as connected to the divinity. And whenever you are partnering with a woman or if women are partnering together or whatever the case may be, you are working through that sacral chakra. And that is a divine union. And that's why it's also important to watch your partners and to be careful about the type of energy that you're taking on whenever you're being intimate with someone. Because whenever you're being intimate, <laughs> we're, we're going to reference something called STDs, but it's sexually transmitted demons instead of disease. Um, and that's on an energetic wave. So when we're talking about exchanging of energy, sexual and intimate energy is the most sacred. It's the most valuable. It's going to exchange so much quicker. It's instant access to your portal, instant access to your life. So everything that you're creating into your life, when someone else's energy is entering that portal, it is instilling that energy or swapping that energy like a soul exchange. It doesn't always have to be as deep as a soul exchange, but 
souls tend to intermingle and create ties and connections to one another when you are intimate. And that's how deep it is. So if somebody is going through a lot of havoc in their life or they're going through a lot of depression, you may not notice it at first, but nine times out of 10, you're going to take on their moods. You're going to start seeing a reflection of your life and their life intertwining. And that's one of the reasons why I, uh, as I got older, I realized that one night stands were really pointless um, and were not going to aid in the connection between me and my womb and also being with partners that did not love me, that did not know how to honor me, that did not know how to worship that connection that I have with my womb and my divinity. And um, I realized that my partners were a reflection of how I viewed my own womb, how I viewed my divinity. I literally had so many problems um, with periods and um, you know, just even infections a while back when I was on birth control. Ladies, please get off birth control. They're trying to kill your womb and your connection to the womb. Um, side note, that's a side note. But, um, you know, like anything prescribing like the products that you use with your womb, like making sure that you're not putting all those dyes and uh, fragrant soaps and douches, like just cut it out. You know, like I, I know that this is 2020. We should we should be saying, oh, that's that's old news. That's something we grew up on. It's something we know better. But surprisingly, a lot of women don't know. I have seen forms where women are putting bleach and uh, like disinfectant spray up there. It's wild. It is wild. The things that we are taught to um, in, in ways that we are taught to hate ourselves in that way. And so just being, even if you're not that extreme with the hate, <laughs> even talking reckless to your body is another, it's another way to harbor negative emotions within yourself. Um, your body is listening. Your cells are listening, not just your womb, but your entire body, but especially your womb. That's where you're creating your life. So if you're saying, oh, I just, I hate bleeding. I hate this period. I hate my womb. I wish it would just go away. I want to rip it out. All of those are very negative things. And it creates a disassociation with your womb. Whenever I'm hurting, whenever my womb is hurting, I say, what do you need? What are you in need of at this moment? Are you okay? How can I help you? What can I help to release from you at this time? What can I help to release that pain? And a lot of times I take my hands and anybody can do this. Try this exercise at home. Um, and you, you don't have to be on your period to be uh, exercising this healing technique. Anybody can use these healing techniques to heal themselves. Um, but I place my hands on my womb area and I just speak to her. And I say, I love you. Every time she's hurting, I reinforce that I love her. She, that is a cry for help. Whenever your body, whenever your stomach's hurting, it's a cry for help, right? It's telling you like, whoa, something's not agreeing with me. And if you can listen to your stomach, you can certainly listen to your womb. You know, like those are so, that's such an important relationship. And I feel like we don't value that relationship enough as a society. Men do not understand that value because women do not value themselves. So we can't put it on the man right now. Like if, if a man's mother is not valuing her portal, he is not going to know how to value a portal. 
right? He's not going to know how to value your, your divinity. He's not going to know how to value you. And if you are not setting the boundaries and reinstating how important your womb is to you, then nobody is going to know that it's, that it's sacred to you. Nobody is going to know the real meaning of that. Now, somebody maybe like if you're mingling with the conscious collective here, they may know something about that, but I've even met conscious people who do not value their womb. I have met many different people who just, they don't know about it. And it's okay to address the fact that you love your womb and that you love yourself. And the most important thing is to create that relationship with you. It's not about uh, other people, but if you are going to be intimate with other people, yes, it's freedom. You can be free. You can have sex with as many people as you want. Just make sure that you are conscious about the energy that is going inside of your womb. And that's why rituals before being intimate, it can be very helpful. And something that I highly recommend, like saging your partner, connecting with your partner, placing your hands on each other's chest, looking each other in the eye and setting intentions for the intimacy that you guys are going to share together. That is a sacred union. That's something that is so powerful that people don't understand because when you're creating out of love, even if you're not creating a baby, you could just be creating uh, and manifesting in your life. A lot of people don't know, but the fastest way to manifest things into your life is through being intimate, whether that's through masturbation or whether that's with a partner. Like self-love is number one. So masturbate all you want, baby. Like, you know, like that, share that intimacy with yourself, most importantly. But you can definitely create with someone else. And you can definitely manifest. Like when I'm and and I recommend this, like when I'm looking to manifest something, I I am seeing my womb. I'm connecting with my womb. I'm embracing my womb. I'm saying thank you. I'm saying thank you for that direct access. I'm saying thank you to myself. I'm saying thank you for your divinity. I love you. And number one, I'm going to create out of a space of love. So I'm not going to go into an intimate act feeling frustrated. I'm not going to go into an intimate act with um, anger or sadness because that's only going to manifest those emotions that I'm feeling, right? So that's why I never really understood how makeup sex was like so such a big thing when people were mad because like I can't create when I'm mad. I can create like on a paint. I can write things out when I'm mad, but it's such an intimate act. It's such a sacred act. And to be reinforcing negative emotions with that with that divinity is like it's you can, of course, transmute that energy. That may be for you. You can transmute any type of energy that you want through uh, intimacy. And so I'm not saying that you can't go into it being uh, feeling the feelings that you're feeling, but it's important to acknowledge that you want to transmute those feelings into love, that you want to transmute those feelings into wealth. It's important to be looking in a, into a positive perspective instead of a negative. So even if you are feeling negativity when you're going in, your mind is at a place of positive.
uh, of positivity. It's in a, it's an, it's an in an encouraging place. Oh, can't talk today. <laughs> it's in an encouraging place to where it's going to reinforce the change in your life that you're looking for. And that's how powerful this is. So if you're looking to manifest more business, if you're looking to manifest love into your life, if you're looking to manifest a solution to a situation, if you're looking to open up roads and doors for yourself, why not? If you're looking to heal through trauma, why not? Like that connection is so important. And when you are honoring yourself, you're listening to what your wound needs. So if you don't know, go into meditation. Go into meditation with the intention of I am connecting with my womb and I am seeking out messages from my womb during this time. And listen, take some deep breaths and listen. Just and release, release anything that could be in the way. Like, yes, we have a connection, a third eye connection that is a part of our intuition, but your womb is very connected to your intuition as well. It's very connected to the messages that you will receive. And if you're not recognizing your divinity, if you're not honoring yourself, this is the time to do so. You can completely change the game. You can change your entire life this way. And so I'm giving you guys some major keys right now. Like definitely go in it with love for yourself. And if you have trauma that you that you're needing to go through, communicate with your womb again with what you need. If you need to work through consent, which we're going to talk about with BDSM. If you need to work through traumatic experiences, show her some love, be gentle with her. And men, if you are looking to heal some sexual trauma yourself and you are wanting to work through this with a partner, state that intention with your partner, gain consent and say, I want to work through this, set the mood Sage ever sage each other, connect with each other, and then set the intention of releasing and healing that trauma and work through it. Be gentle. If you're worshiping another woman, if you're worshiping a portal, a womb, you can also in turn worship and heal through the womb that has hurt you or has passed down some trauma to you in a sense. Or the or maybe trauma that you experienced through a past relationship or past anything. I mean, I definitely don't recommend sharing that energy unconsciously with someone else. So that's why I said gain consent. Because partners, you can work through past trauma together. It's very it's tantric. That's what it is. And tantric is being able to um have a, a ritualistic unison where you're able to work and heal blockages energetically and it stimulates you sexually and that because they're all connected when you are stimulated on the spiritual the mental the emotional it's going to also stimulate you on the physical not everything physical not everything that stimulates you physical is going to heal those other parts of you that's why it's important to get your mind and your emotions in the right place so that you are honoring this process in its in its entirety um you may not, not everybody may understand that. You may have to listen to this or do some extra research. Um, but when we talk about Yoni, we're talking about the Sanskrit word for the divine portal, 
We're talking about divinity. We're talking about your direct connection to the divine, direct connection to higher realms. So understand, like, it's so much deeper than just a physical contact for an hour or a few times and then whoop-de-doo, the energy's out. Like, no, <laughs> that's not how that works at all. So just be careful about what you're looking to accomplish. Make sure you have your intention set straight. Make sure you are cleansed before you're going into something. Make sure you hold your intention closest to your heart. Make sure your heart is the one that's speaking through. Make sure you're open to receive and you're open to give. Because the, the heart chakra and your sacral chakra, whenever they work together, a lot of the times they can reinforce and also realign your other, your other chakras, your other energies. So you can bounce off of each other. You can bounce off of that energy and come into alignment with yourself. And again, you don't have to do this with a partner. You can just run you a bubble bath and light some candles, like talk positive affirmations to yourself. Speak those affirmations with, uh, with confidence and really mean it. The more you say affirmations, guys, the more it feels uncomfortable to speak negatively about yourself. And I say this all the time, uh, even in my regular sessions, is that when you are speaking positively to yourself so much, anytime you hear some negativity about yourself from someone else or by yourself, whenever you're in a difficult situation, the more uncomfortable that that feels. It feels uncomfortable to speak negatively about yourself. It's, it feels uncomfortable because it's it's not something that you're used to anymore. It's it read speaking affirmations reaffirms who you are. It reaffirms how you should value and treat yourself. The worth that you hold is what you view within yourself. Like literally guys, if you are constantly saying affirmations, it may be uncomfortable at first. You may be like, I don't believe this, but affirmations saved my life. Affirmations changed my life. I cannot say that or stress that enough. I really can't. So we're going to go ahead and go into um, this wonderful, wonderful part about BDSM. And so for this BDSM segment, um, after we have talked about the sacredness of the yoni, very, very important in this aspect, um, and so important as we work through healing, uh, especially trauma or different um issues that maybe we haven't personally experienced, but maybe something that we experienced um, generationally. And I can speak from personal experience as well, but I wanted to first go into what is BDSM. Number one, the B stands for bondage. D is discipline. S is sadism. And M is masochism. And why this is important and we're going to go into each one. So bondage, of course, tying up restraints um, during sex. There's many, many different kinks that actually go hand in hand with what BDSM is. Like literally a hundred of kinks. I can't even list them all. So I'm not going to. Um, discipline uh, is exactly what it sounds. So that could be uh, forms of punishment or uh, even rewards 
rewards is something I feel like a lot of people hone in on the negative or what they feel like is negative from BDSM. And it's really not negative. Um, there are predators in the BDSM world. So I'm not saying don't be careful because there absolutely is. Um, there are people that prey on others who are not um, used to BDSM and they can provide even more traumatic experiences. <clears throat> I need some water, y'all. So y'all gonna get this good uh, ASMR. <sighs> Okay, so <clears throat> so a lot of people uh, pray, I'm not going to say a lot, but there are people that pray on others who aren't aware of what BDSM is and how, um, and how to explore it from a safe perspective. Number one, the key to BDSM is consent. Okay, making sure that there is consent. And a lot of movies do this wrong too. Like, please do not take this from movies because in movies, they will have you thinking that something's being kinky. And then the dominant or someone else, uh, most likely the dominant, will take advantage and not utilize the safe words. They won't utilize the consent. And there's even a lot of porn on it as well. So if you have searched for answers through porn or movies, you probably have the wrong idea about BDSM. And it's really important that we make note of that, that there are people who do this. <laughs> there are people who, um, I mean, all all things contain some true shit. So yes, there are people that do that. There are people that don't recognize the safe words. There are people that don't utilize consent. And that is rape. That's rape, guys. It's rape. And I'm so sorry if you've experienced that. Because a lot of people are, they don't, they haven't dealt with their trauma. And they're utilizing BDSM as a way to reenact the things that they have felt, the things that they have experienced, and the things that they wish to release from themselves because they are in pain. Okay? So if you're dealing with somebody who has went through trauma and has not dealt with it and utilizes BDSM as a form of manipulation or as a form of uh, hurting you or bringing pain to you even further without your consent, then you are with the wrong person to experience BDSM. And you may even be experiencing more trauma and unloving experiences because of this person. So if you're in a situation like that, please be mindful. Like this is, this is the sign right here and now take what I'm saying and reevaluate your, your situation. Because if it's not loving, if it's not coming from a place of healing, if it's not coming from a place of consent, it's not worth it. Um, so discipline, so that could be um, the dominant and submissive. There's dominant submissives and switches, uh, which are like the three main types of, um, or roles, I'll say roles, the three main roles within <clears throat> BDSM. And a submissive is someone who does submit to a dominant, um, a, which is someone who follows, if it's in the discipline, they follow orders. They follow, um, you know, they, they place trust into someone who is dominant to work um to work in basically to, to release control is what it is. It's to release control. Um, and everybody 
plays a different role for their own reasons. So I'm not going to say that this is, a, again, a one-size-fits-all. Please do your research. Um, but a submissive is going to submit. But again, submissives are the ones that provide consent. So here's the thing. Dominance are the ones that are normally the daddies. They're the ones that uh, like to take leadership. They are the ones that like to, um, and if it's coming from a loving place, they're going to want what is in their best interest of their submissive. So truly the submissive is the one in control because the submissive has to allow the dominant to dominate them. And a lot of people don't get this. I didn't even get this until recently. Um, and ever again, every experience is going to be different. And I feel like there's a reason why a lot of people move away from submissiveness or they move away from BDSM or they have the vanilla sex simply because this can be scary for them, especially if they have been in molestation or rape situations. And uh, giving control or giving consent for a dominant to um, to provide orders or discipline or to uh, restrain you or to reenact your kink, whatever that may be, then you're trusting them to do in turn do something that you wouldn't be doing by yourself. That that create there has to be a level of trust there. There has to be a level of trust and communication, honesty when it comes to BDSM. There is a lot of missing components when people are trying to have BDSM relationships and um, sexual or intimacy, and they don't realize that there has to be a balance here and there has to be communication about what you're actually wanting and what you're looking for. You have to be very honest about how things make you feel because in turn, a lot of people ignore their feelings in the midst of BDSM and they use it as uh, not a healing technique, but instead something that is uh covering up or putting their own emotions under the rug. And a lot of uh, servants or submissives, they become servants because they want to, number one, take away control or take away the responsibility within their life. And that's perfectly fine if you're reenacting that for um, if, if that's the relationship that you hold, you know, like there's, this is not something to bash anybody's relationship or to bash anyone's connection with BDSM. Because again, there's a million and one kinks when it comes to that, that falls under the BDSM, uh, category, but it takes a level of trust and the submissive is the one in control, the, the submissive has to give the consent. Um, and then there's the switch, which is the third role that a lot of people may fall into. Switch is somebody who goes back and forth. And there's different, um, that, and that can sometimes vary depending on if you're a switch within your own relationship. So uh, most switches, they'll go with other switches or they'll be with submissives. Um, but it just depends. Again, like finding someone who correlates with your kinks is very important so that you know that you're being satisfied, so that you can be satisfied, so that not only you can be satisfied, but your partner can be satisfied. It's two people. It's a relationship. It's a, you're cultivating trust and, again, communication between two people 
satisfactory on both parts is very necessary, just like regular sex. Both people should be satisfied in sex. <laughs> both people should be satisfied. I, I can't say that enough. Like both people should be satisfied in sex. Okay. If you're not satisfied in sex, there needs to be a conversation. Okay. And then sadism is when you enjoy a level of pain or when you enjoy, um, sometimes that's demeaning people saying demeaning things to you, or sometimes, um, it, 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 like I said, it could be a plethora of things, but, um, it's when, just whenever you enjoy pain, uh, masochism is when you enjoy inflicting pain. There's nothing wrong with these categories. Okay. Because let me tell you something, nine times out of 10, you have a kink because of something that you've experienced. You've have, you have a kink because of something that um, has happened in your lifetime that you probably need to address. Most kinks are either personality related, they're trauma related, or they are related to um, your role in your everyday life, which of course could be, um, shit, I would even say planetary related if you want to look at Lilith in your chart, which is an asteroid, or if you if you want to re result it to natal charts, where Pluto is, where is Pluto in your chart, where is that rebirth, where is that transformation, uh, where is that, uh, you know, what's your eighth house looking like, you know, like the way, where's your moon in correlation to that, so we can look at it planetary wise, because you can definitely tell uh, BDSM, um, what is it? BDSM signs from your chart, most definitely. So if you're into astrology, take a look at that and see if you see anything within your own chart or within other people's charts. Um, so yes, it takes a level of trust. And I'm going to give a personal experience. Um, and then I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm also going to read off a few experiences uh, from submissions that I got from some lovely people. So thank you guys for submitting your experiences and how it has helped you to heal and uh, the things that you've experienced through BDSM and with your partners. So personal experience. Whoop, whoop. <sighs> la, la, la. All right. So I've had sexual trauma. I've and I had sexual trauma as a child and I've had sexual trauma as an adult. I had my first adult sexual trauma at uh 22 and it was with this uh guy. I'm fluid in sexuality. Most people they don't have to know that, but whoop, there it is. Um but I'm fluid sexually and I had this experience with this guy and he had a kink like some uh, some men do um where he preferred anal and I wasn't against anal I wasn't against the whole situation I wanted to try it out um but this was not a person that I had developed a lot of trust with this is someone that I blindly gave trust to, uh, to begin with. This was a person that, um, the situation started off consensual and then it became non-consensual and very manipulative by the end of the situation. Okay. So, um, and I still have not personally revisited 
the anal situation since then. But I know that that is going to be something that I work through with BDSM. Um, and I've worked with BDSM with other traumas within myself. And it definitely helps. It definitely works. Um, but me, as just personally, uh, this trauma, um, it started off as something that I was like, okay, I, I kind of enjoy this. And then it got rough. It got aggressive. It got... Um, to the point where I was experiencing a lot of very painful physical. Um, my body was retaliating. Um, I, was I was experiencing a lot of physical pain that I tried to explain to my partner at the time. And it, it, there was no reciprocation. of. There was no care. There was no love involved in that. And around this time was when I realized how sacred I was and how important it is for me to value myself and to make sure that I'm saying exactly what I need to say when I'm being intimate with somebody. I need to make sure that I'm careful with who I'm intimate with. I need to make sure that this is a situation that is positive for me. Um, and if it's not, I need to understand why I'm attracting this type of situation. I need to understand what am I doing to manifest this type of occurrence? What am, why am I experiencing this? And um, what this guy, what this man was doing was he was reenacting his own sexual trauma. And when I asked and when I communicated with him, what, like, what happened? Why are you reacting like this? He wouldn't tell the truth. And me being intuitive, I knew what it was, you know, I knew that he had sexual trauma regarding, um, anal within himself and he wanted to continue. He wanted to reenact that with women to number one, keep telling himself that he was not into men and also to inflict that pain so that he was not the only one suffering, which a lot of us do this emotionally. So I don't know why people make this a big deal sexually, um, because a lot of people take their pain out emotionally on other people. A lot of people develop or um, show narcissistic tendencies um, through just emotional interaction or, and he was also abusive on a, um, he was abusive on a physical, a mental, and emotional level, which in turn was throwing my spiritual all in a loop, okay? Like all of those things are connected. And if you're engaging in something physically that is not serving your spirit, it's going to throw you off. Um, and not only did we have that anal situation, but he was just not, he was careless when it came to my womb. He didn't care. And he didn't value me in that sense. And that was very painful. My womb was screaming to me. My womb was like, what are you doing? And this was this was at a time where I, did, again, had not done the research about the Yoni. I had not connected with myself. I was still having issues um, with, I, I damn near thought I had PCOS at one point, even though I had not been diagnosed with that. I felt that um, internally. And then I came to the point, once I started healing my womb, I realized I didn't, I don't have those things. I'm not going to claim um, uh, an issue with my womb when I'm actively healing my womb and I'm releasing that trauma as I go now. So I don't claim these things 
uh, as a part of uh, what is quote unquote wrong with me because my woman and I have a very good connection now. We have a very fluid, solid, safe, and intuitive connection to where I can tell when something is not right and I can immediately address it and release that energy so that my womb is not holding on to the trauma that I've experienced or the womb is not holding on to maybe decisions that I'm making right now that could be detrimental to my health, my mental, my emotional. A lot of that is food related. A lot of that is, uh, you know, like you can always help yourself with different tools. Fasting really helps. Um, especially if you're looking to connect with your womb. Surprisingly enough, I, I didn't know that it was going to do that when I first started fasting, but it definitely became something so important for me during my fast was to connect with my womb as well as my menstrual cycles as well. And once your menstrual cycles align, ladies, like, man, every full moon, I'm having a cycle. Like every once a month, full moon, I'm having a cycle and it's in alignment with the moon. Um, and so you'll notice that your body will respond to the moon cycles and that will in turn let you know um, if you're not, you know, in tune with what's going on all the way or if you need confirmation, look at your moon cycles, look and see how you're correlating with the moon. Um, but back to this uh, experience. And so later on, after a few months of, of going through that trauma, uh, I eventually said, no, I don't I don't want to do this anymore. And I had been saying no, but it got serious to the point where um, I was being put in very dangerous situations and I was worried about everything. Like I was just, there were so many things spiraling in my mind about how this person did not care about himself. And so he, he wasn't going to care about me and how his his emotions, his thoughts, the way he thought about himself, the way he thought about me was also in turn developing in my womb. It was manifesting into my life. It was wreaking havoc and chaos in my life. If you are going crazy or if your partner is going crazy after being intimate with you, nine times out of 10 is because y'all are sharing some sexually transmitted demons. Okay. Like you're sharing into you're sharing into entities uh, or energy that is not uh, in alignment with who you are. There needs to be a cleansing. And I recommend Yoni Steams. I rec and I'm talking about consistent Yoni Steams, y'all. Like some people do one Yoni Steam and they think it's all good and gravy. And I'm like, start creating a relationship. Like I do a Yoni Steam at least once a month. So um, and if you have any like cis PCOS, if you have um trauma, anything like that, I recommend consistence consistent yoni steams maybe once twice a month continue that relationship continue moving forward with that um but anyway so i'm trying to make sure i'm staying on topic here <laughs> um so anyway this this was a this was a traumatic experience for me this was something that um it got to the point where when i said no especially during being intimate there was no stopping and I would just be crying and shouting. And at that point, it was no longer, um, I was no longer, I was not consenting this. I was not consenting what was going on. And at that point, I knew that I was in the wrong situation. And I had to move out of that very quickly. Because if I didn't, 
um, I was starting to feel smothered. I was starting to feel to suffocate. I was starting, I was having issues expressing myself. I was having trouble with my creativity. I was having, I was just all out of balance. Every part of me was out of balance. It didn't feel okay. So when you're intimate with somebody, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not feeling okay after being intimate with somebody, stop being intimate with them. Stop being, if, if y'all are partners, stop being intimate until you reinforce the love into the situation. You will not, most of the time we don't realize in this culture and society that um, the energy that we exchange is so valuable and it's not so easy to get rid of when it's, been, when it's an intimate and a sexual occurrence. It's not so easy to just slide on by like, whoo, don't need to do no cleansing today. Like, no, that's not okay. Like always cleanse before and after your partners. Um, always make sure you're listening to your yoni. Your yoni is going to tell you like, look, don't have sex with this person. I don't know what you're trying to do, girl, but <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to do, boy, but this is not, you know, that divine feminine, even if you don't have a yoni, that divine feminine is going to tell you like, look, use your intuition. <laughs> okay. Like that divine feminine brings understanding. The divine masculine brings wisdom. So whenever you're experiencing uh, one or the other, it's going to bring things to Together for you to understand things. So you're going to have experiences and you need to apply that understanding of why you're having that experience. And it's a constant cycle until you break it. So if you're experiencing things like this, just talk with yourself, make sure you're working through it. All right. So we're going to go into, that was one of my experiences, um, but I'm going to go into a, a more recent experience of BDSM and how it has helped me. Um, Sim and just me as a personality type. So um, I'm not going to go into my good little deets, you know, but <laughs> I am going to say that when it comes to I'm very dominant in, in all aspects of my life. But when it comes to being intimate, I enjoy placing trust in my partner. And I enjoy that consent. I enjoy and that's what I see from a lot of your um, some of the uh submissions that I've received for for the BDSM podcast was the consent is what made it so appealing. The consent is what made it healing, <laughs> appealing and healing. Okay. Like, and that's really where it's at for me as well. It's like, um, having such a, it requires more communication. And if you're in a regular relationship, you already know communication is key. But when you're also incorporating techniques like BDSM, communication has to be on the forefront at all times. It has to be something that is um, approached with gentleness, tenderness, love and care, just some TLC, like throw that TLC on it. And I promise you will experience such a, a better relationship within your partners. If something doesn't feel right to you, if something doesn't feel comfortable, communicate that. It doesn't even have to be BDSM for you to have a healthy communication within your intimacy, especially in relationships or just in general with anybody you're being intimate with. Um, a lot of you guys may not know, but um, worship. Worship is a form of BDSM, and even a submissive can receive worship. That can be a way that a dominant expresses um, a, a sense of control or um, uh, controlling the way a, um, a submissive feels or bringing a feeling to that submissive. 
um, worship is something that is brought up in many different cultures, in many different spiritual beliefs, especially when it comes to the womb or the divine feminine worship, um, <laughs> feet play, uh, any type of like deep massage or even um, collars, like if you're doing pet names or anything that is representing a, any kind of relationship that you're having, it can turn into worship. It can turn into something that is uh, so sacred. And I definitely recommend this. Like if you guys haven't tried worship in your uh, BDSM play, like definitely do it because man, it changes the game. Like when somebody's worshiping me as, as the goddess that I am, like, man, it's a whole nother feeling. It fuels this creative power. And it's not that I didn't have the creative power before then, but it's like, yes, recognize it. <laughs> Just like we recognize our spirits, our spirits love that. And a lot of the times in BDSM, your spirits will actually come through and you can channel those spirits. And so BDSM can can actually contribute to different types of play <laughs> um, and different types of, oh my gosh, the sun is like now beaming out of nowhere. It was just raining. And the sun is like, as I'm talking about this, beaming into this conversation right now and saying yes. Um, it, it's so amazing to... Uh, worship the divinity that is in your partner. And when you bring that sacredness to the BDSM table, as we pers as we say, uh, when you bring it to the table, worship may not be your thing and that's okay. But I'm bringing this up because as we're exploring our divinity, as we are learning to worship ourselves, as we are learning to show more self-love for what we're, what we're looking to accomplish, um, if, as we're learning more affirmation, that can be something very healing within the relationship. That can be something very healing. Now, I personally don't have experience with enjoying um, degrading, although some people really enjoy that. That's okay too. Like, learn how to incorporate these things into your your play. Just like you can incorporate, you can take what I'm saying and then incorporate it however it fits into your play. It doesn't have to, I'm not saying you have to do what I do because my kinks are obviously going to be different than yours. My kinks are going to be different than yours. The things that I that I enjoy are going to be different than yours. I've never been into degrading like that. Why? Well, I, I can't say that. I used to be. Um, but the more that I heal myself, the more that degrading just doesn't do it for me. Um, but because I'm so dominant in every aspect of my life, I love providing um, consent to, to my dominant and to um, please my dominant in a sense, or to bring a sense of responsibility to a dominant. Um, and every dominant is different, of course. And I wish I would have had um, more reviews or more submissions from dominants. So if you are a dominant and you want to share your, your experience on this, please comment um, or please share because it's so important to get all aspects of it. But um, dominance, they love to have, a lot of them love to have responsibility. A lot of them may associate being dominant with, uh, the father figure that they never had or wanting to be a better, uh, person or wanting to, uh, exercise their control in a, 
in a way that is productive instead of something that is toxic. So a lot of people turn their toxic need for control into something that can be very serving to a submissive or serving to their partner. And that's why this is this is so multifaceted and I can't say like just one thing or the other, but uh, that's my experience. So just me knowing that I love to give control, especially in intimate moments, although I definitely can be uh, the one to manifest and be in control. I definitely, again, do switch, but I really enjoy being in that place of I control everything else in my life. <laughs> like, let me give consent to someone else to worship me, to honor me, to uh, also provide what's best, what they think is best for my life. And also a, a great dominant is going to ask you, like, what what do you want? They're going to know more about you. They're going to know, think, they're going to pay attention to you to know what is good for you. They're going to, and they're going to ask you, how do you feel about this? Like, that's clear communication. Okay, like not saying you got to ask those things in the middle of the act, but whenever you're creating and cultivating this relationship with somebody, it's important that you're communicating what what do you, what do you think is good for you? What do you want? What are you looking to accomplish? And this could go from everyday tasks because BDSM doesn't have to just be in intimacy. It can be uh, or sexual. It can be, just be intimate in general. It could be uh, my dominant could say, hey, write a journal entry today about this. And that will bring me a lot of joy. Because number one, my dominant was thinking about me. My dominant was caring about me. My dominant wants to make sure that I'm doing things that are already on my task list, but may not have prioritized them. And they're going to think, well, you need to rest. You've been working hard or, you know, like it just depends. It depends on how you and your dominant or you and your submissive or you and your switch, whoever, Whoever you are with, it depends on that relationship. But I found that cultivating that relationship and having clear and open communication and being able to um, care about one another in a deeper sense is so much more intimate than what we give it credit for. It's not just sexual. Intimacy is not just sexual. It could just be forehead kisses and hugs or just saying like, hey, did you grab your vitamins today? Like, uh, make sure you get your vitamins. Or make sure you take an extra long shower. Make sure you get a bubble bath in. Like caring about somebody is something that should be talked more about. And it should be normalized. And I, I feel like it's not normalized. Although we, we talk about what is love in our society, um, BDSM can be very loving. It can be very um, nurturing. And whenever you're working through kinks or even I saw this um, article that talked about um, people that went through traumatic sexual experiences, they would slowly reenact the situation, but they would have consent applied to the situation. And the submissive can say stop whenever they can have that safe word. Safe words are very important, <laughs> um, but they can have that safe word. and 
what and they create that relationship and that trust with the dominant and it overrides the traumatic experience that they've had and shared with their old trauma and now they're moving on and gaining a different perspective and a different outlook on their traumatic experience it's no longer a traumatic experience it's something that was cultivated with love and it was shared with someone that they trust that is powerful so don't be afraid to go back into certain like you might be like why does this turn me on or you may be uh shaming yourself for being turned on by certain things but address those address what turns you on ask yourself questions and if you have a partner that you're working on these things with this could be a very healing experience for you this could be something that you utilize to work together on and you can work on different everybody is going to show their trauma or their likes and it doesn't always have to be related to trauma like i said this could be personality wise i'm personally my personality is dominant but that does not mean that i want to exercise that in my intimacy that doesn't mean that i don't want to loosen up my my grip I need to have a balance. And so this could be you just balancing yourself. This could be you working through trauma. Either way, it can be very healthy for you. So I want to go into, this is, uh, we have two of our submissions that I'm going to go through today. The first one is from Anonymous. So thank you so much. She said, "I I was sexually assaulted as a teenager. So my relationship with sex was very warped because I didn't have anything healthy to base it off of. Later on, I found BDSM and the part that drew me in 100% was the consent. I love being submissive, but it's all consensual. It's helped me to move past a lot of hurdles in my life. I think that's very important. Thank you so much for sharing that. And then this next one. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, okay, so these are two. These are two two of them together. All right. So, hi, BDSM has had an impact on me and my sexual trauma. I'd like to preface this with the fact that through this journey into BDSM, I was taken advantage of and fell into the hands of someone who didn't have my best interests at heart. So please be careful who you engage in scenes with and always, always get consent. Now that I have a caring, loving partner who I feel completely safe with and who does, in fact, have my best interests at heart, I found that BDSM scares scenes help me to address my trauma. After being con- consistently raped at the age of six, I fell into habits of becoming vulnerable for the wrong people. Whether the vulnerability came from me shutting down, drinking until incapacitated, incapacitated or drugged, that vulnerability led me to more rapes. Sex for me has still was and still is a sensitive act that needs to be handled carefully. When I engage in scenes with my partner, I know I am safe, even though the things we do may not seem so safe to a vanilla audience, if you know what I mean, wink, wink. This consistent safety paired with a safe word, predetermined boundaries, and pure trust has helped me to relinquish the control I I struggle to keep as much as possible in everyday life. Same, sis. Uh, And it allows me to be vulnerable and to rewrite in my mind what being vulnerable leads to. Through this practice of me being vulnerable and continuing to come out of the scene safe, I have more readily become welcomed vulnerability into my life when before I had not. Sincerely, Care Bear. Thank you, Care Bear. That was beautiful. Um, this one says, hey, 
BDM has had an impact. BDSM has had an impact on me as it allows me to relinquish control of my shadow self and take control of situations I was once made to feel so vulnerable in. Ooh, dominance. Uh, through this journey with my partner, I have learned a lot about myself. I have been able to release feelings of guilt and shame and find healing in taking control. That's so important, y'all. Um, I also get to know my dark side. I get an opportunity to trust myself to better under and to better understand all sides of myself. It also brings another dynamic to my relationship. It takes a great level of trust for my partner to be made so vulnerable. And in turn, it teaches me to trust as well. I am more caring because of it, more aware, and I want to show affection and I want to have intent and I, I want to have intentional and calculated intimacy. All things that push aw that I pushed away due to sexual trauma. Sincerely, Earthworm. Thank you. I didn't know that that was two in one email. So thank you so much. That's so amazing to have. Uh, it seems like you guys may be a partnership. That's amazing. Even if you guys are not, thank you so much because I uh, didn't expect to hear that dominant perspective, but I'm so happy that we did because that's not my position. And um, I wanted to read somebody who did have that position. And it is exactly what they said, like being able to relinquish control and being able to put in a like and being in a position where someone trusts you to have control. That is such a wonderful feeling. That is such a magnificent feeling. That is something so powerful and it creates a totally different dynamic within your relationships. So I just wanted to cover that with you guys and let you guys know like, whoo, BDSM can be so healing. BDSM can be something so amazing. And yes, it can be used um, to create more trauma. So just be careful. Like the other said, consent is always so important. Like I said, I did it wrong the first time. <laughs> I did it wrong where, um, and there is no wrong experience. I can't even say that I did it wrong. I just did it uh, where I took on someone else's trauma. And now I'm working um, and, and I've worked through a lot of the things that I've experienced uh, sexually, but I haven't reenacted that scene, y'all. I'm going to be honest, but I do feel safe. I do feel secure. I feel like I'm in a better position to work through that trauma. And I do, and I am confident. I'm confident in myself. I've worked through that trauma personally, but I have not worked through that with a partner. And so being able to talk about it openly, being able to have a clear communication and trust with my partner, that is going to further heal and release anything that could possibly be um, eating at me subconsciously if that is the case. And that could be you. That could be you. I mean, it doesn't eat on, at me anymore, but it very, I mean, I could start to be in, I could begin to be intimate and then that trauma could resurface. You know, a lot of the times we don't realize our triggers until they are triggered. <laughs> and so I can't personally say that it won't be something that re-triggers in the act. But what I can say is that I am completely ready to take that on with a person that I trust, with a person that I am able to effectively communicate with and to be um, in a vulnerable place with somebody and a vulnerable place with myself, most importantly, that is so just, that is the most beautiful feeling. So if you have been experiencing any type of trauma or having uncomfortability within sex, 
reevaluate your partner, reevaluate um, maybe the method that you're handling um, this trauma. Make sure that you're like like the other person was saying, um, not indulging in drugs for the act or not setting yourself up for situations that are going to further fuel that trauma. Instead, taking an approach from a sacred position taking an approach from a position that is going to be healing for you in whatever way that may be. So if you're vanilla, sorry guys, this podcast is not for you, but I hope that you gained something from it. And I hope that you maybe gained a different perspective and hearing the three people that we shared today um, was so valuable and important to me. So I can't thank you guys enough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope that my own experience maybe can help someone else to address their traumas, um, or to address even men. If you've been going through, um, a rape situation, cause a lot of men do not touch on their emotions when it comes to molestation, rape, or anything regarding, um, you know, we live in a society that can shun that so heavily, especially in the South. Um, but I feel like that's world, that's all the way around. That's all the way around in the U.S. It may not be in other countries. Hopefully not. Um, but please share your experience. Let me know if this podcast helped you. I need some more water. <laughs> um, but I'm so excited that we could actually talk about this. <sighs> water is good for the spirit, y'all. All right. All right. All right. So I'm going to let you guys go. Thank you for waiting for this podcast. Check out souldriveglobal.com. If you want to get a little kinky in the bedroom, if you want to enhance your uh, relationship, if you want to work on uh, any of these aspects that we talked about, I do have some products for that. Uh, the sugar spell perfume, which is known for, uh, fertility. If you're having any issues with your womb or looking to create a relationship with your womb, it also enhances adornment, worship. Okay. Uh, definitely uh, anything in the Mazella collection, just take a look, just take a look. Cause the surrender perfume is also great for dominance. Um, and confidence in the bedroom. So if you wanted to work on that, you absolutely can. Um, I have the fuck me ritual powder, which enhances that trust, that communication, that sexual energy in the bedroom. Definitely something that is going to bring that sacred energy to the forefront. So if you guys want to get a little bit of enhancements, just like you do your toys or anything else, you can definitely check out souldriveglobal.com. We can have a deeper discussion about tantric and other uh, intimate topics at a, at a later date. So let me know if you guys are interested in that as well. This is Zane Spirit signing out. Let's have a beautiful, wonderful week, guys. It's March and turn up for March. It's money-making March. Okay, it's manifestation March. Let's get it. It's Pisces season. I'm so excited. So let's make this a wonderful month. Let's go into a lot of depth this month. Let's go into our dreams. Let's go into our fantasies, the things that we want to explore. And I think that this was perfect timing for this podcast. (sighs) Love you guys. The divine loves you. Mwah.